Everybody, welcome back to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. My name is Isaiah Leininger. Well, joining me today, as always, is our good friend Walker Howell. And today we have a very special guest, not part of our special guest season, but a special guest nonetheless. And that is up and coming rapper Nate James. Go ahead and say hello, Nate. <laughs> up and coming. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Like you said, uh, <clears throat> my name is Nate James. Um, and most people don't expect me to be a hip-hop artist because um, I have been a uh, preacher for a lot of my life. I've also been a writer. I've been published with The Daily Apologist and um, soon to be published with other um, other sites uh, across the world. Um, I have also spoken at uh, congregations all over the U.S. as well as spoken at events like the Castle Rock Summer Series. Um, so it always hits people differently when I say that I'm a hip-hop artist. Rest assured, um, everything that I write is spiritually motivated. It is clean, safe for children and everything. So, um, yeah. And we're, we're very thankful to have you and your, uh, your thoughts here on our show today. Uh, everybody go check out his stuff on Spotify right after you're finished listening to this episode, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, just just leave now. <laughs> Believe me, what I'm about to say on here. <laughs> anyway, you may as well. Anyway, but we are so thankful to have Nate on uh, on on the show to talk about the the topic that we have chosen. Of course, you guys can already see what that is by looking at the title of the episode, and that is cultural diversity. Uh, and of course, in this season, we're going to be trying to look at these hot button topics, these these the issues that are controversial. Uh, these issues that divide people, and this is one of them. This is one of them that, and we're going to try and tread very carefully on this issue while also, of course, speaking the truth. Uh, because we, none of us here are probably the best or the most qualified to speak about something like this. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but the point of the matter is, and as, as we keep saying, we need to talk about this. The church needs to talk about these things yeah. because... The world is talking about them, and if we're not talking about them, then we're going to learn what, what is right from the world. And as we know, the world often says things that should be right that aren't, and, and vice versa. So the church needs to know what the scriptures say about these things, and the church needs to know what the Bible says about cultural diversity. Uh, and Nate, do you want to go ahead and kind of explain how you're connected to this subject, if that makes sense? Um, yeah, so... I think that uh, my biggest connection to this subject um, has been trying to find how I fit in best with the hip-hop community. Um, because as everybody knows, it is a mostly African-American dominated industry. Um, that's where it began. That's where the roots of it come from. That is where the majority of the industry um, is today. And so um, being, of course, a white artist um, in that group, I have to tread very lightly on how I handle things. Um, and recently there was some... Um, let's just say controversy um, over a post that I reacted to um, that really caused me to have to think very deeply about the, uh, the perspectives of a culture that I'm not a part of, but am a guest in. Um, and uh, everything's fine. Everything was completely uh, resolved from that. Um, there's still people who have issues with me, still people who I have issues with, but um, I mean, as we know, Paul had an issue with John Mark and they were still able to be at peace and move on with the world. So that's kind of where I see myself right now. Um, and I feel very blessed to have been able to hear some um, really interesting perspectives that have changed the way that I think about this issue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you said, that that thing is controversial, the the what you and the other artists and other people in this community uh, were talking about is it is controversial, right? And that's the reason that we wanted to talk about it 
uh, like we said, it's a relevant topic. It's something that is dividing people. Yes. And the church needs to know what the Bible says about cultural diversity. But before we really jump into what the scriptures say about cultural diversity, we need to know what we're talking about. Right. We need to define our terms, as we like to say. So, Walker, go ahead and uh, let us know how we're going to be looking at what cultural diversity is for the rest of this episode. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Before I define this term, I want to say um, this episode is being published on a when or Tuesday night, uh, po- primarily because Isaiah was uh was um what'd you get you got like sinus or flu or what'd you get? yeah i had yeah. the flu yeah he had the flu at the original time we we're going to record this and then a, a whole bunch of other things happened here on campus and so that's why this is being recorded at, on a or being published on a different day than normal um but we have not changed our publishing schedule this is just an episode that we plan to release two weeks ago never did get released um so nonetheless we're here now and cultural diversity for the purpose of this episode we are going to um we're, the Merriam-Webster sort of defines it as uh, cultural diversity is the equality or diverse of different cultures. Um, but, I mean, it's a good definition, but it's not really the definition uh, that really addresses the implications of this. And so we really need to address the implications of this topic. Um, America is really a big melting pot of cultures. And with all these cultures, um, when all these cultures come together, there are going to be different opinions and beliefs. And oftentimes these, uh, these differences can become um, they can become conflicting and people can disagree with these things so for the purpose of this episode uh, we're, we, we understand that there's different cultures that exist in America but let's try to set those things aside because as we dive into our first point talking about stereotypes it's important that we look at people just at their souls and not necessarily the the things or the qualities associated with them yeah. mm. and, and Walker you know before we move on I, I do want to kind of jump on that last point a little bit about mm-hmm. how America is a melting pot. You know, that's a term that has been used in this country for hundreds of years to, to describe the, all the different cultures and all the different backgrounds and all the, the diverse people that are in this country, right? When you look at the history of this nation, it's a history of immigrants. It's a history of people coming to this nation from other countries to, you know, look for a better life, to look for a better opportunity, uh, look for more chances to, to raise their family in a way that they, that they think best. And so when we pull in all these backgrounds, pull in all these cultures, like you said, there's going to be some that are conflicting, right? And, you know, uh, that's the case even with the, the few of us here in this room, right? You know, you're from Georgia and, and, and Nate's from Colorado, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm from West Virginia. So we've, we've got all these conflicting backgrounds going on, different experiences, different beliefs, different uh, culture, right? Different upbringings. And, you know, we're, we're able to come together here on this campus because of one common thing, and that is our love for Christ. Mm-hmm. But when that is absent, you know, the three of us would just be three guys, right, who, you know, may enjoy one another's company, but there's nothing really beyond that. Mm-hmm. So it's our, it's our love for Christ that really brings us together and unites us to, despite the fact that there are differences. Right. And that's kind of something that we'll hit on later in the episode as well. But I just wanted to bring it up now and kind of lay that foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I guess the big question becomes is like we, we addressed just a few minutes ago about the stereotypes and how they exist and stuff. And um, sometimes stereotyping, uh, and I don't think stereotyping is always a good thing. I think stereotyping is um, something that divides us more as a, as a nation, as a church, um, if we're thinking about this in the church setting. And so I guess the big question becomes is why do we have stereotypes? Well, before um, we can answer that, Walker, I think we need to, again, define our term. I think we need to explain what we mean when we say stereotypes. Okay. 
Uh, and the definition that we're basically using for stereotypes is looking at a small percentage of a group, looking at what qualities they share, mm -hmm. and applying those qualities to the whole of the group. So I'm going to pick on my home state for a little bit just because I'm from there. And so mm -hmm. it's not as insulting to me as if I was <laughs> or insulting to anyone else if I was, you know, to, to bring up something else. As I mentioned before, I'm from West Virginia. And of course, when you think of West Virginia, when you hear West Virginia, your mind jumps to country roads and your mind jumps to rednecks living in the woods. Right. And while both of those things are true in some instances, they're not true in every instance. You know, for instance, I've never been hunting. <laughs> Right, you, you say I say I'm from West Virginia, and your mind automatically goes to some guy in a tree holding a gun, waiting for a deer to pop up, right? Right. But I've never done that, I, I and I really have no interest in it, and that's not a, a religious thing. That's just right. not, not something that I'm interested in. <laughs> and a prime example for me, <clears throat> being from Colorado, uh, people ask me if I smoke weed all the time. Like uh, when I first got here on campus, in the first week of being here, I actually got asked five different times by completely different people. And they said, where are you from? I'm from Colorado. And they're like, oh, well, I guess you're on weed. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, no, I've, I've, I've never done weed. I do not ever want to do that. Um, and it's hard because you look at the community in Colorado and it is true. There are many people um, who, who use that drug recreationally. Um, but I can tell you, I know far more people who do not than who do. And so, you know, the entire state gets stereotyped as a bunch of potheads, when in actuality, it's a really small percentage of us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's kind of what we're talking about with, with stereotypes is, is, like I said, looking at the qualities that a small portion of a, of a group or a nationality or a culture share and applying that to all people in that culture or that, right. that uh, region. You know, and this can be, like Nate and I mentioned, this could be like qualities that they share, whether that be like, oh, they're from here, so they must do this. Or it can even be, you know, physical qualities or how they talk or right. their intellect or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So stereotypes are, it's, it's, a, it's a broad word used to just broadly describe a broad category. I think one of the, I know we have a lot of free people who listen to our podcast, and I think one of the best ways to describe this in free terminology is like social clubs in a sense. <laughs> because, I yes. mean, so, if you know about the social clubs here on Free Hardman's campus, you know that different social clubs have their own uh, meanings. And so like Chi Beta is really the spiritually focused social club. Bible at least, Yeah, Bible. You're um, from Phi Kappa? You must be a hick. <laughs> and then Phi Kappa is uh, more of like your redneck type people if I'm not mistaken correct me if I'm wrong and then Sigma Rho is more to, more of like your party type um, different type people and then uh, and then you have Omega Chi which I really don't know what their stereotype sports. is sports okay um, so it's all these different things Data New used to be here um, the nerd herd <laughs> you know it, it's interesting that we bring this up uh, before, before I got on right, campus <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Before, it's okay, I love you guys. As, as Isaiah is wearing a Theta New shirt. Yeah, oh my, I didn't even see that. He was wearing a Theta New yeah, shirt. That's, that's ironic. Anyway. <laughs> is that a funeral garb? Shush. I'm sorry, shush, shush, I can't exist. Anyway. You know, it's interesting that we bring up the, the analogy of social clubs. Uh, I, before I got on campus, I actually had a friend tell me all about you know, the different social clubs Same. of Freed. And, you know, just, he, he would, he basically hit all the things that we just hit on, hit on, you know, this is the stereotype of this club. Right. And, you know, it may be true as a whole, 
Mm-hmm. You know, this, this club is spiritually minded or this club is the athletic club or whatever. But, you know, when you take apart the, the group and when you look at the individuals and not the whole, you know, there's a whole lot more there. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pick on Phi Kappa a little bit, even though none of us here are in Phi Kappa. Um, so I apologize if you are in Phi Kappa. And I also apologize if the last three minutes have meant nothing to you. But, you know, we kind of we kind of make fun of Phi Kappa for being, you know, the recnecks for being, you know, the, the more outdoorsy kind of people. Crackhead energy. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a little a little uh, rambunctious, to say the least. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you know, and maybe when they come together, they feed off of each other's energy. But you know, when you you just sit down with one person in Phi Kappa, a lot of them are great people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, <laughs> that sounds. I, a lot of them are great. <laughs> I, I, I would go as far to say as all of them are great. Well, people. yeah, of course. Well, and for me, like when I first got here, um, when somebody told me that Sigma Rho were the partiers. Well, I thought, you know, that's exactly the culture I do not want to be around because I don't want to be tempted by those certain things. But then I got here and literally all last semester and most of this semester, um, most of my closest friends are actually in Sigma Rho and none of them end up fitting that stereotype. So it's really unfair to hold people to these, um, these concepts that are only there because of the name. You know, it's not actually because of them. Right. Yeah, and that's actually one reason why I decided not to join a social club last semester and probably will continue to not join a social club is because I want people to judge me for me. Yeah. Um, and you notice, I did say I do want people to be able to judge me because, you know, Christ, you know people always say, oh, don't judge. Well, Christ told us to judge correctly, yeah. you know. Um, so I do want people to be able to look at the fruit of my actions right. rather than the fruit of the social club that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And so... For me, and I know that this kind of transitions a little bit more into the topic that we're talking about, so stop me if I start getting ahead of myself. But when, um, for instance, I I can say relating to myself, when I say I am a hip-hop artist, 90% of the reactions that I get are chuckles and laughs, mainly because you get these, (laughs) you're a white boy rapper, no way. Because of my skin color, I am told I cannot do something. When... Then they go and they listen to my music and they go, oh, wow. Okay, this, this doesn't suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't suck chant. Um, that's a variance joke. But, uh, yeah, and so, and so that's something that just, just on a personal level um, that I've had to experience. Um, it's actually, I mean, it's gotten very annoying. A lot of people don't consider that to be something that is offensive. A lot of people don't consider that to be something that... Um, is racist, but by definition, racism is judging someone or that they can do something, cannot do something, are something, are not something simply because of their skin color. That being the technical definition of racism means that I have experienced that as well. And so I think that's another um, thing that we should get out of the way is that racism is something that can be and is committed against every race in in America um, and across the world. You you, you bring up a good point and you know, it, it really reminds me that stereotypes are just based on opinion, right? Like right. we said, there, there may be a little truth there, like, like um, uh, with it, uh, in regards to you, right? You know, the majority of hip-hop artists are not white. Right, because it is true, most white people cannot rap. <laughs> right, right. But people will, will take that... the flavor. <laughs> the spice. But people will take that opinion that they have, that again... It, 
can be based on some fact. Statistics, yeah. Yes, can be based on some statistics and apply it to everybody. Right. And, and what does that do? Well, it, it creates this barrier, right? It creates this wall. You know, I, I really like the analogy that we have going on with the social clubs. And again, I apologize if this is something that you may not be able to relate to because you're not uh, at Fred Hardman. But, there, you know, there's other analogies that work like this, you know, sports teams or, or anything like that, uh, you know, different sex, you know, maybe in your workplace or, or something like that. S-E-C-T-S. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Thank you. I just, I, I know that Thank that's you. a word, but it sounds, that just, yeah, keep going. Anyway, but the point is, you know, when you, like, like you were talking about with, with the social clubs, you know, when you say, oh, I'm in Chi Beta, I'm in Sigma Rho. People form an opinion of you because of what you say. Exactly. Right. Uh, and people will, will say, oh, well, you, you belong to this club. You must do this, this, and this. You belong to this uh, division. You must do this, this, and this. Exactly. Like it's, and we, we don't stop there. We <clears throat> include that in our faith as well. You know, oh, you go to this church. You must believe this, <laughs> this, and this. Oh, that's so true, yeah. But, you know, all that serves... Uh, a purpose to do in our lives is build up barriers, right? Because right? we don't take the time to really get to know people. We don't take the time to really get to experience things with people. We just say, oh, you're this, you must be this. And, and we don't, we divide ourselves yeah. and we try to force ourselves into a box. We try to put ourselves into, well, I'm this, so I have to do this. Sorry about that, everybody. We had a brief interruption, but we're back in Nate. You were talking about talking, or you were talking about when we talk about groups uh, or cities. I believe you were going to talk right. about Mentis. Yes, um, I was going to say another thing. Like for instance, um, a stereotype that is perhaps okay to make. Um, you can look at Memphis and say, statistically, this is the most dangerous city in the U.S. That is a true fact. Um, and you can then say, okay, I'm not going to be there after dark. Okay, I'm not going to visit certain streets. I'm not, you know, and that right there is stereotyping something that, for instance, I know many people <clears throat> from Memphis, um, literally one of my favorite people in the world, one of the people in the industry who I look up to most, John Cooper, was raised in Memphis, and he is um, not at all fitting that uh, dangerous Memphis stereotype. Um, he, he is a beast, and I'm sure he could be dangerous when he wants to, but he chooses not to, right? He's, he's, a, he's a gentle spirit. Um, and so obviously the stereotype isn't always true, but it is okay to treat some stereotypes as being true. But when it comes to people, especially as Christians looking to um, be evangelists as much as possible, we cannot stereotype people. One of my favorite quotes um, that I've ever heard, um, I, I apologize listeners, I don't know who said this, this is just something that circulated around that I've heard. But it says, we're supposed to be seed spreaders, not soil evaluators. We're not supposed to look at someone and say, they look like this. Oh, we got to keep our distance. You know, that is not something that we can do. It's not something Paul did, not something Peter did, not any of the apostles did that. And so I think that we have to be able to cast aside all stereotypes of people if we're going to be um, effective as Christians. I think it ultimately comes down to looking uh, we sort of mentioned this at the beginning but looking at the person's soul rather than uh, anything else that may that that may stand out at first glance we should care more about the person's soul because Jesus cared more about people's soul whenever he walked here on this earth he, he could care less what background you came from where you're from all these different things that we talked about so far what social club you're in 
whatever. He, he can care less about that stuff. All he cares about is your soul and where it stands between you and God. Because like Nate was saying, whenever we stereotype people, we sort of build up these walls. We build up these barriers. And I think that goes into our next point, building up a wall, building up a barrier. And it prevents us from building relationships, um, especially in the evangelism world. But even outside of the evangelism world, um, it, it prevents us from building relationships with people who we, we may never get that opportunity to build a relationship with because we place this stereotype on them. Right. You know, I, th- I think it just goes back to uh, the name of the show. Yeah. We need to see through the eyes of Jesus. We need to Amen. look at people the same way that God does. And it's important for us to remember that we are all created in his image. Uh, of course, we, we go back to, to Genesis chapter 1 where we see God creating man. We see God, of course, making the earth and everything in it and then uh, creating man. And at the end of chapter 1, <clears throat> at the end of chapter 1, verse 27, we see, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So, of course, we see that we are made in God's image. And uh, Psalm 139 and verse 14 tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that we are a marvelous work of the Lord. This is something that we need to remember as we're going out because there is not one person that you will encounter who does not have God's image. Right. There's not one person that you will be able to run into that God does not love. Right. And we need to have that same attitude. And to Christ didn't die for Absolutely. 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 Christ died for all. Salvation is offered to all. And, you know, this is something that we see within the Gospels and within the book of Acts. They didn't just keep this to themselves. Uh, They didn't keep the great news that is the gospel to themselves. Right. We look at John chapter four, where Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Now, this may not mean a whole lot in our culture today, but this was unheard of. Not only for a man to be, you know, talking to a woman in, in this way, because women were supposed to be a lot more uh, quiet and, and submissive uh, and, you know, in the shadows, so to speak, in this culture. You know, they, the, they were not men even... Men or women? Women. I women. think you accidentally said men. I apologize if I did. <laughs> you Thank got you. me confused for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Thank sorry, you for keep, catching Sorry, keep going. The point is, uh, women were uh, kept in the shadows, so to speak, in this time. And, and men were the only ones who were allowed to work. Women were to stay in the home. And above that, Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Jesus is a Jewish man. The hatred between Jews and Samaritans is beyond maybe even what we see today. And For sure. Absolutely. It, it's, I mean, they, they wouldn't even speak to them. Absolutely. They, they considered them to be dogs, to be... To be as if someone who had leprosy. Right. <clears throat> but we see that Jesus doesn't consider the stereotype. Mm-hmm. He goes up to her and he recognizes this is an evangelistic opportunity. So what does he do? He finds something common, something you know, everyday, like water, which is what she's there for. And he turns that into a spiritual analogy and tells her, you know, I am the Messiah. I am here to save people's souls. And he also did this with Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, right? Uh, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. This is someone who is viewed as a traitor by the Jews, someone who is willingly working for the Roman government to take money from Jewish people. 
And because of the amount of power that Rome had, ta uh, tax collectors would often abuse this. Yes. And they would take much more than they were supposed to. So the tax collectors were hated. They were traitors. They were thieves. No one liked them except Jesus. Hmm. And that's one of the things that they would constantly yell about him, uh, the, they being the Pharisees and the scribes, the Jewish leaders, they would constantly get on Jesus for sitting with the tax collectors and sinners, for being with the people that were considered outsiders, for being with the people that were stereotyped as unclean. Jesus didn't care. Yeah. Jesus would go in and Jesus would preach and Jesus would show them love and compassion no matter what. And I think that <clears throat> now this phrase um, has been used in context of a lot of other political things. So I do not <laughs> do not uh, take this phrase to mean that. In fact, I stand on the other side of this issue. But in this circumstance, I think that the quote, we're too focused on building walls when we should be building bridges. Um, again, remove all political, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remove all of that. And we, we seem to have this idea of an us-them personality, um, not, not personality, a, a concept, an idea that seems to permeate everybody's minds, um, especially in the churches, you know, where, for instance, um, uh, for those of you who, listeners, I doubt you don't know this, but we are affiliated with the Church of Christ. There are many people in the Church of Christ who I know, um, including, um, you know, a lot of members of my own family, who would look at a Baptist congregation, who would look at a Lutheran congregation, a Catholic congregation, and consider there's no way that they're following the truth. There's no way they could discover the truth. This is an us-them. They are our enemies. We are the, you know, and that right there in the same way can be applied to the concept of cultural diversity. As soon as we consider someone to be a them or a they and then an us and a we, when we should be considering everybody an us and a we. Um, one of the major things that I learned, for instance, um, after the, uh, the whole situation that I had um, about, it was about a month and a half ago now, so it's actually been a while. But one of the things that I learned that I had been saying before, because I had been told by some people that I'm not supposed to try to identify with a culture that's not my own, I had been using the phrase that culture um, in reference to the black community. And some of my African-American friends told me that's actually offensive to word it that way, to say that culture, because it's causing this divide. I never meant it to be that way. I thought it was just a word that I was using when in actuality it was enforcing this stereotype of on myself of being someone who's trying to divide instead of unite. And the last thing Jesus prayed for in the garden was that we would all be one, was that we would be united. And so I think it's so important to remember, um, I think we're going to bring up the, the reference a little bit later about how there being no Jew nor Gentile when we are in Christ. There is only Christ. We find our identity first in our risen Savior. Not in our culture. You know, it, it's interesting that you bring up the idea of, you know, phrasing. Because that's, that's something that we maybe kind of glance over a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, how we say things and what we say is very, very important. And, and when we are not using our words the correct way, or maybe we're using them in ignorance, uh, or using them in the way that they shouldn't be used because we don't know any better... That, like you said, it divides people, uh, and it can be offensive, and it can be insulting. Absolutely. Uh, you know, going back to the, the Jewish versus Samaritan debates, uh, in John chapter 8 and verse 48, the, the Jewish leaders are speaking to, to Christ, and they insult him 
or they try to insult him by saying that he has a demon and that he is a Samaritan. You know, in their, in their, in their mind, those are the two worst things that could happen to somebody. That they have a demon possess them and they're from Samaria. And, you know, they, they try to use this insult to, to try to make Jesus say something that he, that he shouldn't. And, of course, Christ knows. He knew their hearts. He knew what they were trying to do. And he was far too wise and far too patient with them to allow that kind of insult to rile him up, so to speak. But a lot of people aren't that way because we're not Christ. We're not perfect. We don't have patience like he does. We don't have gentleness like he does. We don't have love like he does. And so a lot of people, if, you know, going back to the example that you brought up, if, if someone spoke to them that way, they would find it offensive. They would build up that metaphorical wall and make it the us them issue that you were talking about. Exactly. And that's what I was unintentionally doing. Um, something that I realized and something that I think is something, you know, we, we, we lightly touched on it um, at the beginning here is that just because something is true, if it comes from somebody from a certain background, it, it's, it creates a wall, you know, um, Not, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, just so that we don't say uh, anything that is too, too controversial or offensive, I'm going to dance around the, the uh, elephant in the room, the, the big thing, and instead bring up a different example. If I was to be a man talking about woman's issues, I could speak the truth, but because I'm a man, well, that, that's not my arena, you know? Um, now, I do not apply that, for instance, just to get this out of the way, I do not apply that to uh, abortion or anything. That is a moral issue. That's not just a woman's issue. I can have an opinion on that, being a man. I know people will disagree with me on that, but that is something that no matter the context, no matter the platform, I will hit head on, and I don't care if people get it. Different episode, that. different day. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> which is why we're not going to dive into that. But, um, you know, being somebody from my own culture means that God has given me the empowerment to try to change my own culture. If I go into another one and say, you need to do this, you need to do this. Well, they're saying, well, what are you even doing here? This doesn't concern you. And whether that's true or not, that's totally valid. That is 100% valid. And that was a big thing that I had to learn in this whole instance. And so while we are going to continue to speak truth, there are some things that because of our background, it's, it's, not, like, it's not racist to say we can't say it. Right. We can't talk about those right. things. Like, like you said, you know, the truth needs to be spoken. And, that, and that's Absolutely. what we're, we're trying to do here on this podcast. But it needs to be spoken by the right people. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and the impact that someone can have both positively and negatively when, when approaching something like this needs to be considered. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a situation where you feel the need to address something, make sure that you are the right person to address it. And if you are, make sure that you address it in the right way. Exactly. Because the last thing anything or anyone in this world needs is more division. Right. Well, and for instance, look at, and, and this, this hits the, the issue that we're actually talking about a little bit harder, but I'm speaking of someone who is capable of talking about this. Look at Candace Owens, for instance. Um, I don't know if either of you have heard of Candace Owens. I assume you have. Um, I, I actually feel really blessed recently. She posted something I had said on her story concerning her and showed me some support in that. And so it's been really cool to see that interaction happen. But she stands for the truth on so many issues concerning her own culture, you know, concerning the African-American culture, concern, and concerning just the world at large. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, if you couldn't tell. Um, 
And you'll see that even when issues are spoken of by the right person, there still is always going to be attack. There's still always going to be opposition. And so um, the other thing that I wanted to make clear to the listeners is that saying that we can't say certain things is not being spoken out of fear. I have, I mean, those of you who have spoken to me for any more than a minute tops knows that I do not care if the truth that I'm speaking of is, is, is offensive because the truth is meant to offend. That's how you know that you're in the wrong and you need to change something. But in my, um, in my folly in the past, I have reached a point where I understand that in actuality, there are some issues that not out of fear, but out of being as effective as we can, we cannot speak about. So I just, I, I felt the need to get that out of the way just so people know we're not cowering behind talking about the truth. We're going to speak the truth and we're going to speak it boldly, but we also understand our own limits. You know, you bring up some very, very good points, Nate, but I, you know, and I think this really just all goes back to personal connections, right? You know, when we are trying to speak the truth, it's important to have that personal connection, right? right? You know, you, you brought up Candace Owens. She has personal connections within the black community, within the African-American community, whatever the, the political correct way of saying that is. <laughs> she has those connections. She has that relationship that you or I or Walker don't have. And so she is able to more effectively communicate these right. things. And it's interesting, too, because to that point, you know, about having a personal connection, there are several of my dear, dear friends who, in fact, and I consider one of the greatest blessings of being in the music industry is the artists who I've been able to become friends with. There are several artists in the Christian hip hop scene, um, which whether or not you think that's acceptable or not, Christian hip hop, just that's, again, another topic for another day. But several friends who I know who are African-American, who are artists, who I have worked with, who I've made songs with that we can talk about those things. You know, I, I have a good buddy, um, Sam Purpose, who if you check out my Outlaw album, he and I have a song together, and he and I have talked extensively, and he has been able to tell me things that he's been concerned with about the community that I'm a part of. And I have been able to speak very candidly about my own reactions to this whole situation that I was a part of. And because we have this friendship, although I prefer to call it a brotherhood, um, I, that's something I've actually been trying to change is, is referring to it as, as brotherhood and referring to, you know, even what I have with y'all as being brotherhoods because we're all bound by Christ. Mm -hmm. um, when you have that personal connection, it allows you to speak about those things. Mm -hmm. And the problem is I don't think many people understand that. They think that the truth in any and all circumstances should be enough for people. Mm -hmm. And while that should be true. <laughs> that absolutely should be the case. And about 50 years ago, that was the case. We live in a world that values emotion over truth. And so we have to value relationships over truth. That's why evangelism takes so much longer now. That, that's why you see the only way that you can convert someone to Christ is when you first have this friendship that turns into something that blossoms and is beautiful. That's why it takes studying with someone for a year before they reach the point of saying, I want to commit themselves to Christ. When you would see the apostles could say, this is the truth, and in less than an hour could get hundreds of people to, to come to Christ. We don't know how long his speech lasted at Pentecost, but if he only said exactly what he says in Acts chapter 2, that doesn't take very long to say. And thousands of people came to Christ that day. So, like, there's been this cultural change where now that people value emotion over truth, when talking about issues of truth, especially in something like this that is so controversial, so divisive, and I think we should add is very hurtful to many people, we have to show so much more care. And that was something that for years I never considered, that 
issues of controversy are not just a, oh, I don't like what you said. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel attacked. I feel hurt by what you have said. And that bridge is now burnt. So that's something I think that we, especially in the church, need to consider a lot more is clinging to relationships just as much as we do to the truth. You know, it's, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up. Uh, in, my, in my psychology class that I'm taking this semester, well, right now we're looking at social psychology, which is how different people interact with other people. Uh, and, and one of the things that the professor is trying to, you know, nail down in the class is that humans are social creatures. We need each other. You know, and, and it can be beneficial for us, like, like Christ did, to step away for a minute, to have a, a time alone with ourselves and with God. It's self-care. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, and that, that is very beneficial. Mm-hmm. But at the very core of ourselves, we are social beings. We need to have these personal relationships. And like we've been talking about, not only with evangelism, but also just with, for the purpose of being able to coexist in this world, especially in this country that is, as we mentioned before, such a melting pot, we need to be able to have healthy relationships with other people, not just people within our own culture, not just people within our own club or clique, people of all cultures. And, and that's how we first you know, establish healthy relationships. We have that you know, love and respect and compassion for one another. We establish those personal relationships with Everyone, because as we pointed out, everyone is made in God's image and everyone was on Jesus's mind when he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. So everyone is important. And that includes you. You know, even that's something that I've been working with is my self-worth. But, you know, Christ says, love your in- or love, excuse me. Love your neighbors as yourself. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how, how <laughs> the two brain cells in our heads work together. Anyway. <laughs> And I'm the supplemental first. <laughs> yes, we appreciate it. But uh, the verse that Walker read for me, because I couldn't think of it, love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> what? I didn't read it. I just... Point is, love okay, your... Just, just flex on us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, joke's on you. It's all up here. Wavelengths. Yeah, 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 yeah. The point is, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. If you're not loving yourself, then you can't love anyone else. But that's a... That's, Okay, preach. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> oh, he's getting up in here convicting me. Now, that's a, <laughs> I'm going to need you to get right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Uh, but the, as we keep saying, that's another episode for another, another day. But the My point word. is... That's some good preaching. The point is that we need to have this healthy relationship with other people. Yeah. Because that first allows us to coexist peacefully, right? And Romans chapter 12 tells us to, as much as possible as you live at peace with all men... Possibly right. the hardest commandment in the Bible. Yeah. At least for me, with my personality yeah. type. But, but the, uh, you know, live at peace with all men. And then when we have that peace, we're able to talk to them about Christ. We're able to make sure that they are living the way that Jesus says they need to live. And that's the important thing. Because everything we do here on this earth needs to be for the purpose of glorifying God. Right. Everything we do needs to be for the purpose of serving God and bringing more people to him and strengthening the people who already in, are in him. Exactly. That is the sole purpose of us as Christians. You know, and, and the word Christian, it means Christ-like. And so when we look at what we're supposed to be and who we, who we, are, supposed to, who we are supposed to be as Christians, we are supposed to look back to Christ. And we exactly. see that everything that he did was to bring people to God. Right. He didn't do anything you know, for himself 
really, except for spending time with God. He was always out serving. He was always out helping. He was always help leading people towards God. Right. And it didn't matter the people. It was anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we need to make sure that we have that relationship with other people. And we need to make sure also that our relationship with God and ourselves is strong. Because, of course, you're not going to be able to lead anyone to God if you're not with God. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to help anyone find God if you don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, uh, as I pull it up on my Bible app and it slowly loads. He says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Plus, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We need to make sure that we are reigning over our bodies, making sure that everything we do leads to Christ. Absolutely. So that we have that example for other people in those relationships and we can help them come to Christ. Because that is the most important thing we can ever do. That is the most beautiful thing that we can ever do, is to help someone discover what the Bible says. Yeah. Now, where are we on the script? <laughs> I believe yeah, we, we, we were on point five. <laughs> we kind of jumped all over the place. I believe there. we were on point five. <laughs> okay, so, uh, with everything being out of the way, point five, according to our producer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, producer, in, man. Yeah, he's in yes. the, make us sound more professional. He's in the booth over there giving us the <laughs> signal. Point five. This is his first episode. I'm sure he's shaking his head. <laughs> we he appreciate him. Timothy, if you just want to be like, ah, so people know you're there. <laughs> okay. All right. You have a silent hand wave for those who cannot see. Oh, uh, guys, you asked me, Timothy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Ladies, point five. Is single. Point five. Point five. How should we approach cultural diversity? I'm sorry, what? Point five. <laughs> How should we approach cultural diversity? <laughs> Well, I think, I think it... Hold on. I think we need to take a couple seconds to breathe. <laughs> because producer man is making me laugh. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. How should we approach cultural diversity? Right. Yes. What does the Bible say about approaching cultural diversity? And I think we, we've hit on this point a lot, but the first point needs to be that we are striving for unity. You know, right. Nate, you, you brought up Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. Yes. And how he prayed for unity for all who would believe in him in the future. And of course, we don't see that today, not even in the Christian world, right? We, we have almost so, not at all. We have we have so many divisions and splits within Christianity itself, yeah. and and you know, looking past Christianity, we see so much division in the world. Whether it be politics, whether it be sports, whether it be mm. nationalities, it doesn't matter. Yeah. People are divided, and like you said, it's becoming an us them issue where people are unwilling to look at any other point of view except for the ones that they agree with. Right. And so I think it really boils down to unity. Uh, and a, a verse that you referenced earlier, and a verse that we talked about a lot on this podcast with different episodes, is Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. Here Paul says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Everyone is united when, we're, when we come to Christ. You know, we were talking about this earlier in the episode, how Nate and Walker and I, and Tim, now that we've mentioned Tim. Hi, Tim. We all have these different backgrounds. We're from different states, different cultures, different upbringings. But because of our love for each other that comes from Christ, we can be united. We are right. in this room together for the sole purpose of trying to teach 
people what the Bible say. And you know, what the Bible says. <clears throat> Isaiah, if you really think about it, for, for those of you who don't know, um, I, I've barely hung out with Walker, which I want to change, by the way. Okay. Um, I've only started hanging out with Timothy this semester. And the only one in here who, who uh, I've maintained a rather close friendship recently has been Isaiah. And Isaiah, if you think about it, on surface level, we actually have almost nothing in common. Yes. I, I was just thinking about that just now. I was thinking in my head if this was a good analogy to bring up. And I was thinking, and then I was like, we really enjoy almost none of the same things. <laughs> of like, like, we can talk about musicals every now and then, but our music taste is vastly different. Our, like, like our, even our choices of entertainment that, that we love are vastly different. But we are united by one thing, and that's Christ. You Amen. Know? Absolutely. Those of you who can't hear it, we're dapping each other up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, like, that is more than enough. Like, like I, I feel like, for, I, I think that I'm closer to you than most other people on campus. We are, we are very, very good friends. We're brothers in Christ. Brothers in Christ who have almost nothing in common. Think about that. In the, in the world, I almost said accidentally the real world. This is the realest world that there is. <laughs> um, in, in the world, the secular world, that doesn't happen. If you have nothing in common, why on earth would I hang around you? Mm-hmm. I'm asking myself that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. That Walker, was a, that was a dig on me. Oh, I thought you were taking a shot at me and I was like, Walker, you want to hang out or something? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Bessos on me. Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> See you, Isaiah. For those who don't know, Bessos is a coffee shop that I'm addicted to. So How dare you just call it a coffee shop? Well, it is a coffee shop. <laughs> Sponsored by Bessos. Bessos yeah. is single-handedly bankrupting every college student here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but like the, the, the point being, the point being, you are, you know, you were in a club that I was never a part of, never identified with. You enjoy a lot of things that I, quite frankly, cannot understand why and, and, do, not, and do not enjoy myself. But because we are bound together by Christ, we have a friendship that goes even deeper than just a friendship. It's a brotherhood. And so um, in the same way with cultural diversity, you know, I see a lot of people who do not allow themselves to get close to people of other cultures because they assume we can't have anything in common. As a Christian, by necessity, you inherently share the single most important thing that there could ever be in common with them. And, and like we've said, it's Christ. Exactly. You know, when, when Paul, a Jewish man who had Roman citizenship, went to the Greek city of Corinth, what he did was, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, he says that I decided, or excuse me, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. Now, of course, right. Paul, Paul isn't saying this literally. He's not saying the only thing I know is Jesus Christ. Because, of course, we know that Paul was a, a man who was able to work with his hands. He, of course, was uh, expert in the Jewish law and had Roman citizenship. And so he was, he was a, a smart man. He didn't just yeah. know. He was able to quote the Greek right, exactly. philosophers to them. Right. So he was a well-educated man. It's not that he only knew Jesus Christ, but that was his sole purpose. Right. And, that's, and when we see the letters that he writes to the Corinthian church, you know, first and second Corinthians and obviously the other letters that we have not uh, a record of today— we see the love that Paul had for these men. We see the, the respect that they had for each other. And we see that, you know, despite their differences, despite their beliefs before coming to Christ, because, of course, Paul was a Jewish man, and the men at Corinthians were, or the men at Corinth, excuse me, were pagans. Yeah. They were united in Christ. Exactly. And, I, you know, I really think it boils down to a passage that he 
that Paul writes to the church at Colossae later in chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12, we read, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And here's the key verse. Beyond all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. With the love that we have for each other, and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here on the script, but with the love that we have for each other, we can be united. It doesn't matter who we are or where we come from because we recognize that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for you and for me. That's enough to break any stereotypes. That's enough to break down any walls if we allow it. Exactly. It comes down to, we mentioned unity, we mentioned love. I think the basis of this, and I like how we actually ordered these in the end because the basis of all this is just respect for one another. If you have respect for one another, you'll eventually uh, have the love for the other person and then y'all eventually become united in a sense. And so... Results in it. Right. And so it's sort of a backwards equation that we have on the script, but respect (laughs) plus love equals unity. And so um, and it's really brought to life in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. And I have to turn over there because I'm not there right now. Um, Isaiah could probably get there faster than I can. If my phone loads. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. And my pages stuck together. So. Let love be without hypocrisy. <clears throat> Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. <laughs> you would know, of course. Yeah. Oh, I guess uh, I, I forget the audience. Okay, bars is hip hop slang for "oof." That was good. So I'm not talking about drinking. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I, I forgot. I forgot that this isn't a music podcast. I can't just be like "oof." That was bars, my guy. <laughs> They'd be like, "They're at a bar." <laughs> yeah, no. That I love that. I love that so much because it's putting our respect. <laughs> For others beyond anything else. Something that I love. Um, something that uh, a, uh, an artist who I've listened to before made a song talking about um, Christian artists who only make music. That is Jesus, 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 pray God, praise God, praise God, praise God. He said, notice that Paul didn't speak to the Greeks like they were Jews. I love that. And he was able to quote their own philosophers to them. So... It's this idea of saying, yes, you find your identity in Christ, but you have to be able to be relatable to other people if you're ever going to build a relationship. Um, Something that uh, I'm actually, I guess this is the first time that I've publicly declared this at all. So y'all are getting a fun little exclusive. I no longer brand myself as a Christian artist anymore. Um, I am not at all by any means leaving the faith. In fact, I believe that this is making my faith much stronger. But it's because um, a Christian hip-hop, that brand, that label, or otherwise known by others as the abbreviation CHH, it is filled with a bunch of people who, here's how I describe it, and I've heard this described by um, one of my mentors. His name is Dion. You know, just go up to that search bar on Spotify, type in Dion. Please listen to his music. It's amazing. But something that he has said is that there's so many Artist, and he said this about the uh, just the world at large, but specifically something that, that he's seen that's a problem um, in, in the Christian world is that there's a lot of people who find their identity first in their work and then their Christianity. 
there's a lot of people who are artists who happen to be Christians when they should be Christians who happen to be artists. And um, he is a prime example of somebody who's a Christian who happens to be an artist. He actually graduated with a Bible degree, which is what I intend to do. Um, so it's, it's, been, it's been something that's kind of changed my mindset, the way that I look um, at Christianity, at Christian art and the world. And so if I talk to somebody who is a part of this industry and I start quoting a bunch of Christian artists, they're going to be like, huh? Okay. <laughs> you know, but if I come up to them and I quote one of their artists that they listen to every day, um, of course, a clean version, <laughs> that is going to be a lot more relatable. It's going to open up their hearts to me as an artist and to me as a person so that I may be able to influence them a little bit better. Turning it instead, like for instance, let me ask you this, is a secular person going to listen to praise music? No. So all of these artists who make praise music, God bless them. I love them. I love them so much. You look in the Church of Christ world at Keith Lancaster, the acapella company. My word, they, they are geniuses and they uplift the Christian world. Mm -hmm. Are they a ministry? It's, I, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to say they're not a ministry because I know that they are ministers. Like I know Keith and them, like they do mission work. But that group, the, um, the, the people who are at, you know, uh, uh, Capital Christian Music Group, it's a record label. Are they amazing artists? Yes. Do they do incredible work? Yes. Do they, up, uh, do they uplift Christians? Yes. And that is a phenomenal work. But who in the secular world? Like, it's not, it's not saving anybody. And so then you take a look at artists, you know, my, my two favorite entities in the music world, MF and the band Skillet. They do not brand themselves as Christian artists, but they make music that is able to reach out to a secular world. And so I think that in our looking at cultural diversity, kind of making the analogy from music to that, sorry, I just went off on music for a little bit, that's just the way my mind works, um, is that drawing that connection with someone cannot begin with religious stuff, mm -hmm. you know? It has to begin on something that is relatable. And so it again comes back to being able to say things that are actually appropriate for us to say coming from our background. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've been reminded while you were talking of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22, where Paul says, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I by all means save some. You know, Paul here is, mm. is not saying, you know, because someone here is weak physically or spiritually, I'm going to make myself weak. He's saying that I'm going to make myself relatable. I'm, right. go I'm going to make myself someone that they can talk to. And so if I do that to everyone I meet, which creates unity, it spreads love and it spreads respect like we were talking about, you know, it, when he does this, it creates that personal relationship. Right. Instead of talking about the ontological argument for God's existence, he's going to talk with them about the grace of God and something that is, is in the beginning stages. I think, you know, when he says spiritually, you know, to the weak I became weak, it's meeting people where they're at. You know, exactly. and that's so key. It's so important. There's a lot of people who, um, you know, the Bible says uh, professing to be, uh, what is it? Professing to be wise, they have become fools. There are many people um, within the, the world who even, uh, in fact, one example I think of serious racism that you see a lot of people say is because they belong to a certain race, they are somehow higher than everyone else. Um, that's something that we see a lot in, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the beginnings of the U.S. coming from European culture, you know, where um, different races were elevated, saying that um, they were more highly evolved. Something that a lot of people don't actually realize is um, 
that uh, Charles Darwin's initial uh, book that, that started the whole, the, the whole theory of evolution, it's, um, how is it pronounced, on the theory of evolution by means of natural selection, a lot of people don't know. Did you know that there's a subtitle to that? It says, and on the preservation of favored races. Huh. He legitimately believed that he was an example of a racist, someone who believes that white people were somehow more evolved, you know? Um, and that's something that not a lot of people realize. You know, that a lot of people try to say, oh, we got to take down Robert E. Lee's statue. Oh, we got to take all this. And then they raise up Charles Darwin as being this example. This is a side note, but he was actually a racist. Um, and people don't understand that. But, um, okay, producer, we get it. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, as soon as a group tries to elevate themselves above another one, they have, they have now committed that act. And I think that that's something that a lot of people disguise within the church. That is something we actually do a lot. What an episode. Yeah. <laughs> what an abrupt. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who can't see, our producer has been making drastic gestures telling us to basically just shut up <laughs> he's about to pull out his hair over there <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and timothy then... speaking as the guest speaker you're fired <laughs> he's like i'm gonna fire myself hey we got a word those of you didn't and, hear he said fair that's him anyway let's 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 try and, and sum up this episode and, and, and wrap it up <laughs> the point is because we are christians we are to show love and compassion and Kindness and respect Amen. to everyone, regardless of who they are or where they're from or what stereotype they may fit or may not fit, as the case may be, they matter. Yes. Their soul matters. And it's our job as Christians to make sure that that soul ends up with Christ for eternity. Amen. It doesn't, again, it doesn't matter. Nothing about them matters physically, right? Where they're from, who they are, what they like, what they participate in doesn't matter. It matters that they have a soul, and that soul needs to be in heaven. Amen. And as soon as we let anything else come between that, that's when we start missing the whole point. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, let's remember that you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, and our phone number. Um, uh, phone number is 731-439-9671. Uh, Facebook, Through the Eyes of Jesus Podcast. Instagram, T-T-E-O-J underscore podcast. And website, tteoj.com. Um, don't forget you can connect with us there. Ask us any questions about this episode or other episodes that we've done in the past that you may have listened to. We want to hear your questions because we plan to dedicate a whole episode to Q&As. Mm. And so we want to be able to have some questions to discuss on those episodes. And um, we want to thank Nate for coming on with us today. And, uh, thank you for having me. Yes, um, we, it has been an honor to have you with us, and we thank you for your insight and your uh, and y'all's discussion. It's been wonderful to listen to, um, and I've just sat back and sort of listened to it all, and it's been great. Um, you have something else to say? I saw you raise your hand. Um, I was just going to say that also if you guys wanted to connect with me anywhere, you can find me, <clears throat> uh, my music, anywhere that music can be streamed. If you prefer um, Pandora, iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Anywhere except SoundCloud because I don't identify as a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> um, you feel free to connect with me on Instagram. Um, I check my DMs every single day. So if there's something that you want to say, anything that you want to connect with me as an artist, um, please do so. I love feedback. Um, I have a new song coming out um, in a couple weeks and a maybe a project coming in a couple months. This is the first time I'm saying anything about it again to the public. But 
Um, some very, very big stuff is on the way. Some very, very big projects and deals are on the way. So be sure to connect with me. And, and like, like we said, we're so glad to have you on the show, both you. as you know, a brother in Christ, as a friend, and as a, a talented speaker and musician. And we're so thankful that you were able to come and talk with us about the, the topic of cultural diversity. And uh, we're so thankful for you, the listeners. Again, you know, mm-hmm. without you guys, none of this would be possible. It would just be four guys sitting in a room. Uh, so... <laughs> We're, we're thankful for you, and we uh, appreciate your listen, uh, and we encourage you to go back and, and uh, listen to, it, this, to this again. And like Walker said, if you have any questions about what we said in this episode or other episodes, we would love to talk, talk with you about what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we've said anything insensitive or uh, incorrect and you, would, you wish to correct us in love, we would, we would love to, uh, for you to do that. We would greatly appreciate that. We welcome objections. Right. Welcome him. Right. Just like Jesus did. Uh, and if there's there's nothing else further than Walker, will you go ahead and close this out in prayer? Yes. I do want to mention we'll, we'll link Nate's stuff on our website. So if uh-huh. you go to the About section and go under uh, the guest bios, then you'll be able to see his information there as well. So let's end in prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. When we are thankful for this time that we get to come together, we get to open up your word. And we get to discuss these topics that... Uh, people may not want to hear, but it's topics that definitely need to be discussed. They are definitely hot-button topics in our world today uh, and topics that the world is going to try to teach one viewpoint, but we know that your word teaches a totally different viewpoint, contrast to the world. And as we know, it's our goal for this podcast to look at worldly issues through a godly perspective, and we pray that we've done that in such a way uh, during this time together. And we pray that as we've uh, looked at your word, we can hopefully look at a new meaning of cultural diversity and look at it in the sense of it doesn't matter where people come from what they look like or anything to that matter what matters is that they have a soul and that their soul is important to you and that we should be just as passionate about their soul as jesus is passionate about our soul and we pray that we can become better at doing those things because oftentimes it's harder said than done to look at people past uh, just at soul value but we 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 pray for strength in that regard to become better at those things because we struggle on a daily basis. Be with us, strengthen us, and guide us, and thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us, to take away the the sins in the world, and to offer us a plan of redemption. And we pray that for those who may not know him, that they can come to know him uh, through some way, shape, or form, or hopefully someone will have the strength and the ability to reach out to them and tell them about the good news of Jesus. Be with us, strengthen us, and guide us in everything that you in everything that we do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.